The Bizarre Cast contains adult themes and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of The Bizarre Cast. And joining me today, I have John Wheeler of Clouds and Cups. John, welcome to the show. Mate, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So, John, people are wondering, what is Clouds and Cups and who is John? Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? What is Clouds and Cups and who is John? <laughs> Good question. Um, so, I am John. Surprise, surprise. Um, I am an illustrator and graphic designer based here in Sydney. And so I work on a freelance basis with uh, all sorts of different clients. I mostly specialize in... So digital illustration, um, I do a bit of branding work as well for small businesses. Uh, so usually that involves, you know, logo work, helping them with their colors and typography and sort of building like a visual identity for small businesses. And I would say it's probably a 75 to 25% split between illustration work and branding work. And a lot of the illustration work I do is for like uh, clothing brands, so streetwear style clothing brands who have a lot of uh, printed printed garments. Um, you know, like you'll get a, those brands who have a lot of those shirts with big prints on the back. Um, so I, I do a lot of work for those types of brands. Been doing it for about a couple of years now. And yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good fun. It's good fun. Super. And the reason that you're here today speaking with me, I was scrolling on Instagram. And what I like to do sometimes is, you know, you go down the path of following similar people. So I was like, I really like your style. And then I saw that you were doing a sort of pandemic promotion of picking out a number of winners if they shared or they, they emailed you and you were going to do a free design and I said wow that's fantastic we're like because we're both based in Sydney if it wasn't quite obvious audience we're in our seventh stroke eight week of lockdown so I was like wow this is a great initiative because I loved your style so much I was almost like oh would I enter myself and I was like no no <laughs> <laughs> I said I'll actually just say fair play for the work you're doing uh, but before we go into the current uh, machinations of clouds and cups, where did you start off before this? What is your background and why did you get into this sphere? It's a bit of a long convoluted journey as to how I've gotten to where I am now. I've been doing this illustration design professionally for about two years now. And I guess I'll go right back to the beginning. Um, as a kid, I've always been drawing I've always had a pen or pencil in my hand or a paintbrush or whatever it may be. So I've been involved in sort of doodling since I was like knee height, really. Very lucky to come from a, a creative family and my parents uh, strongly encouraged me to pursue to pursue art. And so as I was growing up, I was just drawing, drawing, drawing and, you know, always been very fascinated by like illustrated children's books. And as I got older, um, you know, comics and cartoons and things like that. And so I was drawing all throughout primary school and then a little bit throughout high school. And then it sort of just tapered off during high school. I guess I met new people, developed new interests, um, and got really into music because my parents are both musicians um, and their parents were musicians as well. So I guess I sort of just naturally gravitated towards that. And so I, I started learning to play bass guitar in high school. Um, 
<laughs> I was tossing up between guitar and bass guitar, and I, I picked the bass guitar because it's got four strings as opposed to six, so I thought, oh, that's probably going to be easier. I also got a bass guitar for the same reason. <laughs> I think that's why a lot of people probably get into bass guitar. It seems easier than guitar. Yeah, it's yeah, harder, yeah. guys. Anyone listening who wants to pick up, get a guitar, <laughs> not a bass. <laughs> hard, hard in its own way. Agreed, yeah. Um, and so I, I was playing bass guitar throughout high school, you know, did the typical, uh, joined a four piece rock band, you know, we, we played at like school fates and, um, talent shows and whatnot and gigged around the place just for, you know, shits and gigs and, um, and, you know, we we're doing like Nirvana covers, Green Day covers and whatnot as you do. Um, and then when I got to university, I stopped playing bass guitar. I, I probably, I'd say I probably burnt out in year like 12 with the bass guitar cause I, I did music for my uh, final HSC like leaving school exam and I was just practicing hard out hard out hard out because I had to do like four performance pieces for my yeah. final music exam and after uni I just I stopped playing um I got into like producing electronic music for a bit um did that throughout uni on and off and then after uni and, and like this whole time I, I hadn't I hadn't picked up a pencil or a paintbrush or anything I, I just sort of I, I didn't do it really I, I, I was just investing in music and then I um I went overseas for a bit I, I traveled for just under just under a year I was backpacking around and obviously I wasn't involved in anything uh like art or music in that time I just went sort of wherever the wind took me like a leaf blown around and I got back and sort of asked myself the million dollar question well fuck you know what, what do I want to do with myself now um I was 23 when I got back uh wandered back to art and design and I thought to myself oh I'd, I'd really like to get back into it in some form or another, um, and I woke up one morning and I was I was scrolling on my phone. I was on Instagram and I saw this girl I knew. She uh, was also an artist and she was um she was printing her illustrations on clothing on t-shirts. And I don't know why. I, I just I, that idea never occurred to me to do that. And I, I saw that that morning. And I thought, fuck, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a clothing brand. Um, <laughs> and I just made that decision that morning to do that. And I thought it would be a way to, um, to I guess try and try and monetize art in a way. Try and uh, try and see what I could make of art because I'd, I'd never considered turning it into a career of any sort. It was always just something I did for fun as a hobby. Um, yeah. Because I simply enjoyed it. And anyway, so that's what I did. I started a clothing brand, um, and that was just uh, I learned how to print to screen print um, onto onto fabric. So I was doing and what my own was designs. that called? That was Clouds and Cups, actually. That that was the name of the clothing brand. Um, okay. So I started the brand Clouds and Cups. So it, it was a clothing brand at first, and then I did that for a couple of years. Um, and eventually I, oh, I I got a bit sick of it because I thought that I would just – I thought running a clothing brand and printing T-shirts was just you're sitting around designing all day, every day, and that was just the life, mate. And It, it was mostly the printing it was most yeah well you're absolutely right you've just hit the nail on the head like i would say that 30 percent of the time it takes to run a, a little sort of streetwear clothing type brand is like the designing and the other 70 percent is like the logistics the photo shoots you know doing the printing sourcing the clothing you know all the other stuff that comes with running a brand and i thought man like whilst i learned a lot and i enjoyed the process um all that other stuff i just i just it just wasn't for me and i thought to myself well why don't i do the bit that I like, which is the designing part, but a hundred percent of the time. And it then occurred to me that I could actually 
do that, but for other people instead of doing it for myself. Yeah. I think it took all that for me to sort of realize that, okay, it's the illustration itself and the art and the designing itself that I love the most. So I guess that was just a very long winded me, long winded way of me saying that like I started drawing as a kid and I sort of deviated, tried all these other things and then eventually sort of came full circle and came back to square one. And um, that's where I am now. Yeah, because if anyone's listening, we're nearly 10 minutes in. Uh, if you want a little accompaniment guide, uh, I would implore everyone to go over to Instagram and look up at Clouds and Cups Studio. So you can see the sort of work John is doing. Um, I was really drawn to sort of your very clean lines, but you're, you're sort of a designer of two halves as far as I can see. Because for your illustrations, there's a lot of detail there, but it's very clean, like almost minimalist with a lot of detail. But then when you actually do your branding work, it's very clean cut and modern design. So when you are doing designs for other people, and you can also visit the website, guys, cloudsandcups.com.au, what is the sort of process versus an illustration versus a brand branding ah what is the process of illustration versus branding yes generally generally with illustration um and that is like more image-based stuff um generally clients will come to me with an idea a general idea of what they they want for an illustration um and as i mentioned earlier a lot of the illustrated stuff i do is uh, for clients who want to put out a t-shirt with a big print on it. So they'll have a vague idea of what they want. Sometimes they'll have a more fleshed out idea of what they want and they'll get in touch with me and we'll sort of bounce ideas back and forth and I'll often help them flesh out what it is they want. So for instance, someone might come to me and say, I want to I want design with like a Grim Reaper riding a motorcycle or something. And I'll say, cool. And then we can talk about, do you want that? from like a side on view do you want that from a front on view how much detail are you after so i'll really help them try and flesh that out before we even put pen to paper and then we'll bounce ideas back and forth and then i'll what i'll do is i'll get stuck into some concept sketches you know rough drafts and provide them with a couple of options depending on what we've talked about and then i'll say look uh, is this the kind of vibe that you're after is this is this what you're looking for and which options do you like, which don't you like, out of the ones that you like, which ones do you think could be improved? And we basically just go back and forth, back and forth, and build from there until we reach the final product. Whereas with branding work, for instance, like if a small business approaches me and they're either looking to rebrand or they've just started, um, they're looking for not so much illustrations. They're looking more for things like logos, perhaps a color palette for their for their business, you know, to use on their menus or their business cards or their website and yeah. also typography. So set of fonts, you know, you've got your heading fonts, you've got your, the font that you use for your, your text and your paragraphs and things like that. So I'll work with them to really flesh out an entire visual identity for their business. Um, and that comes with asking a lot about their business, why they do what they do, who they're serving that's a, that's a very critical question you know what kind of audience are you aiming to target and that influences a lot of the design choices that go into the logo the colors the fonts um so that that comes with more uh i suppose business strategy type 
type conversation as opposed to hey I'm looking for a Grim Reaper on a motorcycle so it, it's it's two different approaches for illustration and branding sure so when you decided to take this into a business so you, you were already selling t-shirts um obviously you didn't make your millions because you'd be untouchable <laughs> you wouldn't be t- talking to me today um but pivoting into uh just being freelance uh, i suppose graphic designer for people um how do you put yourself out there have you found it difficult in sydney because i know there's definitely a lot in sydney there's certainly one person comes to mind whose stuff is in every second pub i'm sure you probably know who i'm talking about i won't mention today um <laughs> but how how do you find the market in sydney well when i started i wasn't really doing a lot of work for people in sydney and i guess that's that's the beauty of the internet these days um i when i first started i was uh i had a friend recommend me to try hop on uh, a freelance site called Fiverr. Yes, yeah, um, and it. you've heard of it, yeah. Um, and it, for, I guess, for those who don't really know how that a freelance website works, you basically you sign up as a creator, whether you're a designer, a photographer, you know, a copywriter or something, and you basically you 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 make a listing for your services, and people can find you and contact you and engage your services through a website, and you get paid for the site. The site like obviously takes a cut, and you know you deliver your work for the client. Um, and so I hopped on Fiverr and that's how I cut my teeth starting out, um, just doing like really, really cheap work for just random people all over the world. Um, and I was doing a lot of work for brands in America, like sort of streetwear brands in America and England. And so that was great because, I mean, I was getting paid absolutely fuck all for it because I was still learning the ropes, getting a yeah. feel for what, you know, working with clients was like and just sort of refining my own process. And it was really, really helpful because it was good for me. Because when you start, you know, it's you're doing cheap work, and so you'll get a lot of work that way because it's cheap, obviously, and it's a great way to build up your portfolio and just have a collection of work that you can show people and say, "Hey, I've done a lot of work for other people. I can interpret a brief, um, you know." And it sort of says to people, "All right, well, if he's done a lot of work for other people, he's obviously he knows how to communicate. He he knows what he's doing." Um, so that's the idea. And then eventually with Fiverr, I got to the point where I it just wasn't sustainable because a lot of the people on freelance websites, they're working from countries like overseas, countries like India, Indonesia, Pakistan, where you have like incredible artists. They are like so good at what they do. But because the cost of living is so much lower in somewhere like India or Indonesia than it is here in Sydney, they're able to charge ridiculously low rates. Sure. like incredible yeah. work and it's it's incredibly hard to compete with with people like that on a freelance website if you live in a country like australia where the cost of living is just like fucking absolutely through the roof right yeah and i know so, all about it <laughs> <laughs> you know all about it yeah it's it's ridiculous and so eventually it just got to the point where i was like man i, I can't i can't work off this site like it's just not feasible and that was when i sort of switched over to uh, instagram and i was just reaching out to mostly mostly people in uh australia like uh not necessarily in sydney but i mean i guess with instagram you reach out to people anywhere but that's when i started focusing on trying to find people uh myself networking through instagram and by that time i had built up a, a reasonable body of work so that really helped 
so I'm sort of glad it happened that way. I'm sort of glad I started on Fiverr, uh, was able to have a bit of work behind me, and then when I transitioned over to Instagram, um, I had a, I guess I had a little bit of credibility behind me because I had work to show to, to prospective clients because when you're on Instagram and you know, you're reaching out to people and you've got no work to show for yourself, it's, it's hard for someone to put their trust in someone else, especially if you don't know them and they've got no work to show for themselves. So yeah, it, it seemed to work out okay that way. Okay, and since you are obviously running your your own business essentially, has there been a, a tipping point for you yet, or in terms of you seeking out partners versus people coming to you, or is there a healthy mixer? It it does fluctuate. It does fluctuate. Um, it's funny you mention that. Uh, recently, the work coming to me uh, dipped quite drastically. Because I think I had quite, I was quite lucky in the sense that I had a good run in the first like year and a half when I decided to go freelance. I sort of, like I said, I started on Fiverr and got a bit of a portfolio and I had a lot of people coming to me. And even when I switched over to Instagram, whilst I was trying my best to put myself out there, I did have a reasonable amount of work coming to me, either through referrals or people just somehow landing on my page. And it was like a really good run for quite some time. And I was like sort of scratching my head because I was, I, you know, I'd read a lot about other freelancers and they're all talking about how, you know, it, it fluctuates a lot and you, you will hit a dry patch and when you do, like it's it's going to be fucked and you, you'll feel it. And I was thinking to myself, man, like where's this dry patch that everyone's talking about? Like surely I haven't just like made it, right? And I was I was getting a bit like, I was getting a bit sus because I was thinking, oh shit, like maybe it's around the corner and yeah. it didn't come. And I thought, oh, fuck, well, maybe that's it. Maybe I've made it. And then in like maybe two months ago, that's when it hit. And I was like, oh, boy, there it is. <laughs> Work just dried up. And um, people call it the feast and famine cycle. Starving artists, surely. Yeah, that's well, that's it, man. I, I was literally like, I was like, okay, this is what it feels like to be a starving artist. It was stressful. It's picked up a little bit now. But I'm glad to have experienced it because it was inevitable to come at some point. And I think you have to experience it to realize, oh, wow, okay, like you actually – I realized that my mistake was when I was getting a lot of people coming to me, like inbound traffic, I think I got a little too confident and I was like, oh, I don't need to put myself out there. That's it. Like it's cool, man. People are coming to me, whereas I should have been marketing myself consistently the whole time. Of course, yeah. And creating like a, I guess like a backlog of people, you know, it, for for like future time, so that when work does dip, you've got a backlog of people waiting to have projects done. And I'm realizing that now because it's like now I'm trying to scramble to put myself out there again. But you know that takes time. It yeah, takes definitely. time. Yeah. And my follow up question then to that: so you are John Singler, clouds and cups. That's plural. Will clouds and cups ever become? more like an, an outfit where you'll have other illustrators in your team or is it just going to be the John show for the time being? I know I haven't given much thought to growing it into like an agency of, of some sort. Um, for the time being, I'm, I'm, I'm happy just doing it the way I'm doing it now, just by myself. Um, I, th I guess I'm still quite early on in my, in my career, so to speak. So I, I really don't know. Well, where I want to take it in the future. Um, so yeah, it's a difficult question to answer. At, at this point, no. Okay. Because I was just basically trying to cover if you had a backlog 
that because the next question is going to be how long does a project take from start to finish like could you pound it a few out in a week or how long would you expect people to wait or what's your experience with uh, deadlines or what kind of turnaround can you do it depends on the scope of the project look i'd say for a lot of the stuff i do i would say on average two weeks two weeks i you know i might be juggling three or four projects sometimes five or six um and you can get each one done in about two weeks often dependent on how prompt the client is in replying two weeks is a pretty pretty average turnaround time i think for for a lot of the stuff i do sometimes branding can take a bit longer because it involves a bit more uh back and forth you know the initial sort of research phase of getting to know a business really really getting to the core of who they are who they represent that can take a bit more time because often clients who are after branding uh they haven't given much thought to these types of things a lot of the time when you pose some of these questions to them um they've got to go away and actually do a bit of their own homework and do a bit of their own sort of thinking and soul searching so to speak and then come back with you know what what they've thought about and you go from there yeah and just to touch back on your little pandemic charity i don't know what would you call a charity your your giving spirit we'll say (laughs) um how did that work out for you or have everyone gotten in touch did anyone even want to go ahead or how did how did that little um project go yeah that was um that was good fun that was good fun i had a few people uh i had a few people reach out so i I just put the offer out there for anyone there like wasn't an application process or like a contest or anything i just said hey look uh if you're a small business and you want like a free design or a free promo post or a free little sort of advert happy to do one for you for free and i had a handful of people reach out and say yeah we'd love to you know for you to do a little post for us uh and yeah it was good it was good to um it was good to sort of sort of work with uh some local businesses i guess um i think it's very easy to feel a bit helpless um well i certainly did as a as a designer you know you sort of see what's going on going on around with like small businesses struggling to keep their doors open and i'm just sitting here in my room like fuck like like you sort of feel a bit lost. You're like, well, like I can't really help him. What can I do? So I actually I saw another design studio up on the Gold Coast do something similar, and I thought, man, that's that's awesome. I, I'd really like to try and give back in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, because as I said at the start, I was like, wow, that's commendable. Especially everyone these days is kind of everyone's a taker more than a giver. And it's all like, got to get to the top and clout chasing and all this kind of stuff. Like Instagram can be very vain and and or toxic in some instances. So it was good to kind of see that because I've been following your page for a while. And I was like, oh, well, this is actually it, it actually brought the person behind the page out rather than like, oh, look at this pristine illustrations. And, you know, it actually was like, oh, shit, there's someone behind the name. It was, yeah. it was good to see. Oh, thank you. That's uh, very kind of you to say. I appreciate that. Yeah, because I have dealt with, it was a a friend and I commissioned him to do a logo and I really liked his style. It was, you know, that sort of like thick line. There might even be a word for it, but you know, it's kind of like tattoo style, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Like traditional, um, traditional style, like tattoo art style. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. Kind of, you know, the kind of skulls. Yeah. 
you know all like deep it's just like black black and white sort of stuff yep got a logo done for that and all i gave him was just like can i have two skulls with two glasses of beer (laughs) clinking and i sent him literally just i might as well have just been two circles with two (laughs) rectangles (laughs) that's awesome and he was like leave it with me i'll come up with like a little draft and i'll show you after what i sent him and what he sent me um actually i can probably send it to you now oh my goodness that is awesome so i just sent you those photos there and as you can see you had a a big guffaw reaction to uh my really badly illustrated skulls with they look like butterflies but i trust you they're roses um (laughs) they're cute yeah so he came back with that so in terms because obviously that's a really bad rendition that i gave him what sort of your worst uh, kind of a two-pronged question like what what's been your worst client and what's been the sort of worst misinterpretation maybe of a vision that a client had that you translated badly if that's ever happened yeah worst client um for the most part they've been pretty good I think I, I learned very quickly. I can't. I can't quite pinpoint any client that's been absolutely terrible. And I think I realized. I think that's what I mean. Like working on Fiverr actually helped a lot, um, because uh, as I was doing like a lot of very sort of cheap work for a lot of people, um, I sort of came to realize that like a lot of the work is actually done before any sketching even takes place and that is like with the initial communication with the client because a lot of people might approach you and they haven't approached you because they've seen that you have a particular style they've approached you because they just know that you can draw something and they'll often hit you up and they say hey look i want maybe like two skulls uh and like a rose or something and when I first started out, I made the mistake of being like, all right, cool, I'll do you some sketches. And then I've sent them the sketches and they're like, cool, I like that. I like the way it's laid out. I'll refine the sketches. And then once I go digital and trace the sketches, put it into the software, give them that digital version back. And they're like, oh, that's not really the style I was after. And I was like, oh, what? Like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, in my mind, it was just so obvious that you would only hit up an artist whose style that you like yeah. because you're after that style. And I learned on Fiverr that a lot of people don't necessarily think about that. They're not, uh, they're like, Oh, this guy can draw. Therefore he can see what's in my head. Um, so that's why I learned quite early on that you've really got to confirm with the client. Hey, um, I'm sending you these reference images of my past work and I'm going to be doing it in this style. And are you cool with that? Is that the style you're after? And that actually helps a lot in sort of filtering out the people who are like, oh, actually, no, I was after a more sort of maybe like oil painting, paintbrush, Photoshop style, or, oh, no, actually, I was after more like a stick figure style or whatever that may be. So I think that's actually been very helpful in sort of, um, what's the word? Not weeding out, but like uh, filtering out the people who aren't actually after your style. That, that I think that's like 70% of the battle. Um, yeah. And that's helped avoid like a lot of big disasters where the client's like, "Oh, dude, no, that's like completely not what I wanted." I mean, I guess the I guess the biggest frustration is just when you have clients that try to micromanage, um, 
and that more comes with like little details you know they'll be like oh i want this shifted like one centimeter to the left and oh actually no could you tilt it maybe like a couple of degrees back to the right and maybe just raise that a little bit or maybe make that line slightly thicker it's just all these like tiny details that they're looking to have changed and it's a fine balance because at the end of the day it's like you want to give them something they want but you also want to sort of get across them that like a lot of these tiny details that we're fretting over it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things yeah so i would say that's that's just the main frustration is it's the nitpicking that um some clients uh feel like they have to do otherwise it's just not it's just not going to be a good design yeah of course and for those who still haven't clicked in either the website or instagram how would you yourself describe your style how would i describe my style i feel like i'm still trying to figure out what my style is to to be completely honest with you um going back to what you said earlier how i've got some more sort of complex style illustrations and some more minimal ones and I guess that's me still trying to explore what I what I want to what I, what I want to do going forward. Um, if I really had to describe it, I would probably say that it's it's bold lines. It's it's um it's bold thick lines. It's it's bold colors. It's I take a lot of influ- influence from like sort of retro retro mascots. Um, I'm a big fan of sort of vintage uh, cartoons from like old newspapers and uh, and I try to give it a bit of a bit of a modern twist put a bit of a sort of millennial <laughs> twist on it I suppose comic streetwear urban underground comic style is probably the best way I can I can put it in words I'm, I'm still trying to grapple with what my own style is to be quite honest with you yeah no that, that does definitely sum it up well so what would be the plan do you think for the next five years are you going to pivot back into clothing are you going to ditch the graphic design what is what's the next five-year plan for john wheeler next five-year plan that is a good question um i think i'm just going to keep pushing 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 and see where the illustration takes me i don't have any burning desire to get back into the clothing like having just sort of worked uh, doing illustration for the last couple of years. Um, the more I do it, the more I realize that um, the more I enjoy it. So I just, I want to keep illustrating, see how far I can push that. I think ultimately I would probably like to be doing just illustration as opposed to the branding. I do enjoy the branding, but it's, it's not something I could see myself doing for for a very long time in the future so i think ultimately i want to be able to build up my practice to the point where it's i can just focus on the illustration the drawing the art itself excellent and if all else fails you can pick back up the bass guitar and slot in with your parents <laughs> mate that's 100 percent it 100 percent it just pack up my bags go overseas have another existential crisis and come back and fuck what next well, I had my existential crisis and I'm still down here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a, a local Sydney cider, if, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, John, is there anything else we need to mention today? I think we've got a, a lot in there. Yeah, um, no, that, that's about it. That's about it. I think uh, just, I know it sounds sort of trite and cliche, but you know, if, you, if you're out there, if you're listening, man, just just make stuff, just create. I think everyone's 
everyone's got a bit of a creative spark in them. And I think what, I don't know, I battled with a lot of self-doubt before I sort of started to commit to illustration and design. Um, and we touched earlier on the sort of concept of the starving artist. And it does, it, it is scary because you grow up with this sort of people telling you, no, what do you mean artist? You can't make it as an artist. Like, you know, it's just not possible. But I think in this day and age with the internet, with social media, the barriers to entry to anything are just so low now. You know, anyone can start a podcast like yourself. Anyone can learn how to draw and share your work online. Anyone can buy a cheap camera, take photos. So I think just create, man. If, you, if you've if you got a desire to make stuff and share it, just do it. You know, you don't have to make millions off it. It's just, it's such a good, healthy release for anyone, especially in times like this when, you know, you're stuck at home and you've got nothing to do. You can't go out, just make stuff, make stuff, share it, encourage other people to make stuff. It's, it's, it's definitely possible. You can do it. So for any of John's fans who might think I picked this hobby up over the pandemic, uh, I didn't. This is five-year-old podcast, guys. I've been going no, you're an OG. You're an OG. Yeah. So I, I didn't just pick this up willy-nilly, guys. But if you did, that would be very impressive. What have you got? Uh, close to 100 episodes under your belt now. If that was a pandemic project, my God, that is a pandemic project on steroids. Yeah, I think I would have been burnt out a lot sooner if that was the, if that was the... <laughs> the way it went <laughs> but i suppose i'm i've been taking it quite easy now this year i must say i pick people as i see fit so you're one of the few that made it in this season john you should be honored <laughs> mate i'm very appreciative of you for having me on uh it's yeah it means a lot to hear that thank you so much excellent well john where can people find you online if they fancy uh, a project done by yourself they can hop on Instagram and find me at Clouds and Cups Studio on Instagram. That's my handle. Or they can visit cloudsandcups.com.au on the internet. And, you know, you can send me a message on Instagram, send me an email, whatever whatever suits you, and uh, we'll go from there. Super. John, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Uh, it's good to catch up and all things Clouds and Cups, and hopefully – once uh, restrictions lift, we can be out in the clouds and have a cup of beer, perhaps. Mate, I would absolutely love that. Thanks for having me on, mate. Cheers. Excellent. And for me, everyone, until next time, you can catch me at the Cast everywhere and the Fear Merchant. And until next time, you stay safe out there, and I'll see you in the next episode. End of line.